Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Good morning. How are we? Good. He is risen. Yes, come on. Had to get in there. Okay, so I want to ask you a question. Have you ever discovered something that was worth celebrating? Have you ever discovered something worth celebrating? George and I have recently discovered a new place. And this new place brings us a lot of joy. Uh, It's a place like no other. And to be honest, it's stolen our hearts. So much that we have returned over and over and over again to this new place. And this new place is the new leather-seated, chair-reclining, showcase cinema in Southampton. Anyone been? It is literally the best discovery we have ever discovered. It is an incredible discovery worth celebrating. And because uh, of this incredible cinema, I mean, we love films, right? Anyone love films? We love films. Jordan studied film production at university. I grew up with a projector in a lounge. We just love films. And we love going to the cinema for the experience of, what, two and a half hours? on average, uh, kind of getting to know the characters, journeying with them through the story the film is telling. And thanks to Showcase Cinema in Southampton, we can now experience this film watching with our feet up and our chair reclined. Come on! And if you've been there, there's a funny noise that it makes. It goes... Like that. Um, it's, it's incredible. And thanks to Showcase uh, for coming to the south in a city near us. We will forever be in your debt. Now, we discovered this incredible cinema and it's definitely worth celebrating and definitely worth going to. So do make the trip there. And just a few weeks ago, uh, we made another great discovery by uh, visiting the Showcase uh, cinema in Southampton. Because, you see, we were exposed to the beauty and the sheer goodness of the new Beauty and the Beast film. Come on, it is so good. Uh, As we were watching the film, tears rolled down my cheeks. And as the film was finishing, tears rolled down my cheeks. And as we exited the cinema, uh, as soon as I got a signal on my phone, I got WhatsApp out and had to celebrate with my friends and family of how great this film was. It was a discovery worth celebrating. Have you ever discovered something that is worth celebrating, maybe no more worth than Boot and the Beast. But there is something about a discovery. A discovery is, is something you find, isn't it? It's uh, maybe a bit of knowledge that you didn't have before, or an experience that you may have never experienced before. And I believe we as people are pretty good at discovering new things that are worth celebrating. In 1928, Alexander Fleming, here he is, looking very clever. Alexander Fleming discovered something incredible, which was worth celebrating. He discovered penicillin, the antibiotic. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be here without penicillin. And I'm sure many of you wouldn't be. What a discovery worth celebrating. And between the years of 1946 and 1956, by some shepherds and some archaeologists, another discovery was made in Israel uh, near the Dead Sea. And it was the Dead Sea Scrolls. And these Dead Sea Scrolls were seriously an incredible discovery. Here we are. Uh, But what they did was, there's Barack Obama, that's where they are now. Uh, So they're kept very safely in a museum. I've been there, it's incredible to see. And these Dead Sea Scrolls are an incredible discovery. And I'll tell you for why. Because in the scrolls were were, were fragments of nearly every book in the Old Testament that we have today. 
There are fragments. There were copies of these, the scripture that we see in our Bibles today. What a discovery worth celebrating. And they say that the scroll that had the book of Isaiah on was a thousand years older than any other copy we had of Isaiah already. A thousand years older. And they say that these fragments of the, the Dead Sea Scrolls of the Old Testament uh, were as old as, they were written as old as 200 BC. That's BC. That's before the event we're celebrating today, right? 200 BC. What an incredible discovery worth celebrating. If you ever uh, get a chance to go to Israel, Sim's taking a team out if you want to go to Israel. Uh, you know, it's an incredible place to go and incredible discoveries are, are happening in Israel. And that's where Jesus was and walked the earth. And it's incredible to go. There's just something about a discovery that makes our hearts leap and brings us to a place of celebration. And today is a day of celebration because of that first discovery all those years ago. Over 2,000 years ago, a group of ladies went to the tomb, and they were expecting to see what they'd seen two days earlier. They were expecting to see the stone stone covering the entrance. They were expecting to see Jesus in white cloth, uh, laying there helpless, deadless, lifeless, dead. They were expecting, not deadless, lifeless. Uh, they were expecting to see him dead. That's what they were expecting. And when they went there, that's not what they found. Because what they found was the stone rolled away and they found the tomb empty. What a discovery worth celebrating that Jesus is alive. And these two guys, I love these two guys, uh, they were gleaming in like lightning. Anyone seen lightning? That's quite bright, right? Could you imagine two guys standing in front of you gleaming like lightning? Uh, and these two guys said, ladies, ladies, come on, up you get. Because they, they, they were so frightened, they bowed to the ground. They said, come on, ladies. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Jesus isn't here. He's alive. What a discovery. And I love these two guys because they said, don't you remember that actually Jesus told you this? He told you all of this was going to happen. Do you remember that? The ladies are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did tell us that, didn't he? The first question we wanted to ask you this morning on Easter Sunday is this. Are you experiencing the reality of that first discovery? Are you experiencing the risen Jesus? Are you experiencing that Jesus is alive? On the Friday, right, the reality was that Jesus was dead. That was the reality. That was the truth. And, you know, Whilst we took communion, it was great to kind of remember that the cross and what Jesus did on the cross. And what a horrific death. The Roman emperor were, were very good at killing people in a horrific way. But I love side notes, just a little side note. I love the fact that Jesus died, but it wasn't a defeat. Which is weird for us to understand. Because when you're dead, you're dead, right? But Jesus' death wasn't a defeat. Because what happened was Jesus chose the cross chose the cross. Jesus chose the cross. And you say, well, why did Jesus die? Why did he choose the death? Well, I can tell you it's because Jesus knew that forgiveness had a cost. He knew that. He knew that forgiveness had a price. And he was prepared to pay that price for us. What an incredible piece of news. And it's life-changing. It's changed my life. 
So on the, on the Friday, the reality was that Jesus was dead. It wasn't a defeat, but he was dead. But there is no name higher. There is no name greater. There is no man more mightier, more powerful than our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because the reality on the Friday, yes, he was dead. But the reality on the Sunday was that he had risen. He was alive. What a discovery worth celebrating. I even woke up this morning and just forgot that it was Easter Sunday. Because I was so like, okay, I've got so many things to do today. I've got to make sure I've got all of this, all of this. And I just forgot. And I thought, how did I forget? And I just paused. I went, oh my goodness. This is the day we celebrate that Jesus is alive. But the first question, are you experiencing that reality? Are you experiencing the reality that Jesus is alive? Jesus' resurrection, right? Uh, it, it proved that Jesus was who he said he was. When he was on earth, he said, I'm the son of God. Only the son of God can raise from the dead. And thanks to that, he can raise us from the dead, right? Jesus' resurrection proved that Jesus uh, was who he said he was. Jesus' resurrection also demonstrated that God's, God uh, accepted Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. The price had been paid. God has accepted that sacrifice of Jesus. And Jesus' resurrection shows that God's power is going to trump all other power. God is the almighty God. And he is the God who can do the impossible. All those things that we claim are impossible, he can do. And so are you experiencing the reality that Jesus is alive? Because the reality of that discovery, all those years ago that's worth celebrating, is all about Jesus lives... And so we live. Do you feel alive? Do you feel alive? Because Jesus is alive. And because of that, we are alive. Do you feel new, refreshed? And we are experienced. We, we are invited to experience Jesus as the risen Lord. We are invited to experience Jesus alive. Let's pray. Father, you are good. We love you. We're here to celebrate that discovery that was discovered all those years ago. Father, what a discovery. And we love to celebrate. And Father, we ask that you would help us to experience the risen Jesus more and more each day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was the first one. Was that okay? Not too long. Not too long. Not too long. We promise they'll be short. Uh, so Sam Hunter's next. But first we're going to sing. Fine. No, no, I know, I know. Yeah, but anyway, I've got better stuff than that to tell you about. Better stuff than that. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what happened yesterday? No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't meet George Clooney. No, but there are... Th no, better, better, better than that. Better than George Clooney. Yes, take that. Take that. Yes, they were in Southampton. I know. I know. Yeah, all three of them. Yeah, the proper three. Yes, 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 yes. They were there. Yeah, well, I bumped into them. We were at the football, and they were there. Yeah. And they recognised that I was the true fan of everybody. Yes, I know, I know. And, and I've got tickets for every gig all the way through the tour. I know. And backstage, yeah. And I can make their tea. Yeah, I know. No, I've not told Simon, no, no. I know. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Take that. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right, all right. See ya, bye. Oh my word, I've got to tell somebody. Who am I going to tell? Who am I going to tell? 
Elaine. Elaine Bond. Oh, I can't tell Elaine Bond. Do you know why I can't tell Elaine Bond? Because Elaine has dropped her phone down the toilet, everybody. <laughs> that is actually true. And so if you think she is ignoring your messages, that is why she's not getting back to you. So I cannot, I can't do her. So what can I do? What can I use? Come on, girl, I've got a phone here. What can I use for my phone? I'm going to go, oh, WhatsApp. I'm going to WhatsApp. Marvellous. Let's send that off. Uh, oh, oh, my. Oh, oh. It's working, excellent. Bit of texting. Oh, fabulous, the words getting out. Oh, brilliant. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Oh, what else? Oh, yeah, I can hear those pings going off now. Facebook, I'm going for Facebook. I think that's going to be a really good way to do that. Facebook, lovely. Oh, Twitter, all my 148 followers or whatever it is on there. I am meeting, take that. And so it goes on. How do we share exciting news? We have now got Twitter. We have got WhatsApp. We've got texting. We've got Facebook. Apparently, there's Snapchat. No idea what that is, but there we go. Apparently, that does exist as well. There's also the old-fashioned way of phoning people. Do you remember that one? Phoning people. I've got a husband who hates to phone. He would always rather send something electronically. We could send an email. We could meet somebody. We could talk to them. We're in a time now where the methods of communicating are huge. It used to be at a point where you had to send somebody on a, on a, a horse, very Jane Austen, to send the message. You needed to have a telegram, uh, messages morse coded across the Atlantic, um, perhaps smoke signals. Now we have got so many ways to communicate. There's no excuse for us not sharing great news. And how quickly do we get on and do that? Um, yesterday, I was at the football yesterday, take, take that word there, unfortunately. And uh, Harry, I don't know if Harry's here. Is Harry here? Hello, Harry. So Harry had gone, um, gone out to inspect the pitch uh, with Joe, and he came back. Oh, guess who I just met? And he'd met Stephen Gerrard down there. So for those of you who are aware, with your Liverpool hats on, captain there, and he was here for, um, he was going to be doing the football commentary. So Harry had his photo taken with Stephen Gerrard. And as soon as he sat back at the table... The phone's out. We share good news really, really quickly. What else do we share really quickly? I think we share when we're angry about something really quickly, when we're grumpy about something. If perhaps you've had bad service, something has gone wrong, your friend has annoyed you, I think we're really quick at sharing news, bad news quickly. I think we're also good at sharing news um, which is funny quite quickly, perhaps laughing at ourselves or laughing at other people. Lots of you will be aware that I fell over um, a month or so ago when I was out running uh, with the girls after school. I tripped, I fell over. I keep stressing that. It was a verb, not a noun. People keep saying, I heard about your fall. No, I fell over. And there's been huge mileage in that in terms of broken bruises and, and hands and ribs and so on. I was very keen to tell people my story because the more I told it, the funnier it became. And it was actually it was quite entertaining. There are certain things we like to share quickly. What about when we've been blessed in some way? How quick are we then to share that as good news? If somebody gave you a winning lottery ticket 
and you won the lottery, would you be quick to share it? Would you not want to share it because perhaps you feel a little bit embarrassed? Hugh Jackman, I wouldn't mind meeting Hugh Jackman actually yesterday either, uh, but Hugh Jackman, when he was doing Les Mis, one of the things he does on the last day on set is he buys everyone a lottery ticket. Every, every member of the cast and crew, he buys them a lottery ticket as a thank you. If somebody, perhaps someone phoned you, your solicitor, and they phoned you and they said, do you know what, somebody has left in their will to clear your mortgage, clear your mortgage, clear your debt. Would you be telling other people that? Would I be on the phone saying, guess what? A life-changing life amount of money has been given to me. It's cleared my debt. Would I be on the phone about that and sharing that? Or would I keep that quiet? Would I not want to, what, rub people's noses in my good fortune? Do we share things when we're blessed? Perhaps you've had an answer to prayer recently. I've had an answer to prayer recently. Do we tell people about that? Do we, do we broadcast it or do we keep it quiet? How good are we at sharing great news, blessed news, as opposed to just our random crazy news that we want, that we want to, to share to people because we think they'll be interested? Do you know what? Every Easter, we share the best news ever, ever. Every Easter, I, I sit there and I just think, I lie there in bed in the morning and I just think, oh my God, what did you do for me? For me, with all my fears and failings, all the stuff I've got wrong and I am going to get wrong. You sent your only son to die for me. That's like the best news ever. Have I shared it well enough this Easter? Do you know what? I, I don't think I have. I, I don't think I've done a good enough job. Let's think Christmas, okay? Let's think Christmas. Let's think Christmas cards, okay? I don't know how many Christmas cards that you get each year. Easter cards. These are the two Easter cards that I've received. I also got the one um, through the door from the churches of, of Romsey. These are the two Easter cards. I got one from a family member um, and one from a parent at school, which is lovely. It's two more than I sent. It's two more than I sent. If I think about how much I spend on Christmas, it's a lot of money. How much have I spent on Easter? £8 on Easter eggs for the girls at work in the office and my cleaners and my site manager. That is it. And did I make a big point of, about why I've given them Easter eggs? No. I'm not doing well, am I? <laughs> You'll probably think, why on earth is Simar Sam to come up and speak this morning? So, our question, all right, um, I'm not sure if my hubby on there with the, with, the, with the slide, but the question that we want to ask is, ourselves this morning, when you discover that Jesus is alive, tell others. So, so Yes, thank you. Was that Adrian Campbell? Well done, Adrian. So, I want you to make note, ever the teacher in me, 
of some practical things that we can do so we can be more like the Marys, all right, um, at, at the tomb, who rushed to tell other people. So number one, this week in the shops, there will be reduced price Easter cards. Buy some. Seriously, buy some, put them away, and put a note in your diary for two weeks or so before Easter next year. Take them out, write them, send them. Okay? Put up your hand if you think you could do that. Oh, that's not many hands. Oh, a few more. Oh, interesting. Put up your hand if you send Christmas cards. Right. Okay. So, get some Easter cards this week and get them ready. How are you going to share the good news? Easter cards, okay? So let's do that one. Lots of us are on a bank, well, some of us are on a longer bank holiday, love being part of school, um, so I'm on a two-week bank holiday. How many of you going back to work on Tuesday? Hands up. Who's going back to work on Tuesday? Right, okay, fantastic. How are you going to tell others? When they say to you, how was the weekend? Don't say, oh, you know, got some DIY done, or wasn't the weather nice? Say, do you know what? And think about it. Think of your answer before you go back to work on Tuesday. Do you know what? Actually, we had a really great service at our church on Easter Sunday. It really made me think about my faith again. So it was a really great time for us as a family. How about you? You're not trying to start off some massive whatever, but you're going you're to mention church, mention your faith when someone asks you about your Easter Sunday, your Easter weekend. All right? So... You've got two options at the moment. How are you going to tell others? Are you going to buy reduced price Easter cards this week ready for next year? Great. Are you going to have your line ready for Tuesday morning? Okay. That's another really good... If you've got it ready, yeah, not in the church office. That doesn't really count. Um, Get it ready because otherwise you have that... And then the moment's gone. So get that sorted. Okay. The very first song that we sang this morning, the very first line that we sang was, and I'm going to paraphrase it slightly, Jim, was about, I want to shout it from the mountaintops. All right? Put up your hand if you sung that first line. Yeah, we all sang it. Did we mean it? So, this afternoon, go out for a walk. Go out for a walk. You know when it's Christmas and New Year, anyone you bump into, you say... Happy Christmas, Happy New Year. Get out this afternoon, go somewhere where it's going to be busy and start saying to people, Happy Easter. Happy Easter. And if they kind of say, oh, Happy Easter to you, then if you're feeling braver, you can add something else on. All right? So get out there and say it. Next one, or a couple more. Have a think. At some point this year, there will be another Alpha course. Who are you going to invite? You might not be able to have that conversation with them today, but start praying now. I want to be like the Marys. I've found the empty tomb. Oh, my word, I have got to tell people. Start thinking about that. And then this last one. Put up your hand if you've got your phone with you. Great. Right, get it out. No, I'm not joking. Get your phone out. I'm going into head teacher mode. Get your phone out. Have a look. Through your contacts now and send somebody an Easter text. Let's do it now. If you're thinking, oh, you know, I don't know quite what to say. I thought about this, okay? And if you send it to a Christian, that's kind of cheating. 
okay? Because they know about the empty tomb already. If you're thinking, oh, now, do I say wishing you or hoping, but I don't want to say praying. How about, and I thought about this for you, may this Easter be a time of blessing and peace for you and your family. All right? that, That gives you a little bit of help there. If you want something, may this Easter be a time of blessing and peace for you and your family. If you want to add something before or after, so get texting. If you're sat there without a phone, I want you to think who is in your address book that you can phone this afternoon and say, do you know what? I was just thinking about you. I haven't spoken to you for ages. And you haven't got to launch straight in with a big old Christian thing. You can build up to that. Hannah was so enthusiastic before I came up about her message of the empty tomb. And oh my goodness, what has Jesus done? Do you know, there's something um, in all the chaos, and I have quite a chaotic life at times, and things coming and going. When I drive into work, there's one song, um, and it's a modern version of it, um, It Is Well With My Soul. All right? So there's an older version, and then we've got a, a, a more modern version that, that, we, that we have. And when everything's going crazy, that is like my, my most precious gift. Do you know, I might not be physically well today, I might be feeling stressed, my anxiety levels might be up, I might be worried about money or whatever it is, but do you know what, God? It is well with my soul, because God so loved the world, he sent his only son, his only son, so that whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Oh, thank you, God. I've got eternal life. It is well with my soul. Do I not want that for my friends and family and for other people? Do I not want that? So I need to go from the empty tomb and I need to share it. I need to share it. And do you know what? Those Marys, I'm saying the Marys, um, in another gospel there's different women who come and go at that point. So let's just say the Marys. Do you know what? They were frightened And they were full of joy about sharing the news. Can you imagine that massive rock has rolled away? There were guys in blazing lightning, etc. You know, they would have been frightened about telling that message. They'd been frightened for their lives from the Romans. Do you know what? I've shared my faith lots of times now in odd ways and in bigger ways. I've invited people to church. I've never been hit. I've never had somebody not talk to me afterwards. The worst I've had is someone say, oh, do you know what? That's not really for me, thanks. Well, that's, I mean, come on. We're not in a, we're not in a country where we're going to fear for our lives. We should be full of joy. Yeah, okay, be frightened, but do it, do it, do it. On two occasions, I said to someone, did you want to come to church? And on both those occasions, they said, yes, do it. Run from the empty tomb today. Put your hand up. Who sent a text this morning? Yay! Fantastic. Let's just go back over. Who's going to buy Christmas cards, Easter cards this week? Oh, some not so many hands. We're struggling on the Easter card thing. Oh, that's interesting. Who's got their line worked out for going back to work? Okay, who's going to work on their line? Oh, okay, fantastic. There's not enough hands up for the head teacher in me. I'm just going to say... 
Let us go from the empty tomb like the Marys did and share the message. God, I just thank you once again. Thank you, thank you for all that you did for us. Jesus, thank you for all that you did for us. And I pray that on this Easter Sunday and in the days ahead, you will nudge us and push us and remind us as we run from the empty tomb. Amen. Great. Well, um, time is ticking on. I just said to Sim, should we knock the third talk on the head? But I don't think we should because I think it's important and I hope that you'll agree once you've heard um, what I'd like to say. So the passage continues. Um, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering what had happened. Sometimes in life you've just got to see something for yourself with your own eyes. Have you ever experienced that moment? Have you ever experienced that moment where you've exhausted all of your words to try and describe something you saw or something you experienced? Someone you just give up and you go, ah, come on, you've just got to see for yourself. Last August, Joy Grace Parker, my first ever niece, was born. In my opinion, she is gorgeous. I could watch videos of her belching all day long on WhatsApp. She can't even do anything, and yet I think she's really clever. She has the most perfect smile. She makes the cutest noises. She lights up the room, and she warms up my heart. And now then, if I really wanted to convince you of my opinion that she is the most beautiful baby in the world, I've got two options, and which do you think would work best? The first option is I talk to you about her some more. I could give you all of her vital statistics. I could tell you how much she weighs. I could paint a picture with my words and hope that, with a really persuasive argument under my belt, you just have the same opinion as me, that she is beautiful. Or do I do the other option? Do I let you meet her? Do I let you experience what I've experienced and let you see what I've seen? Which option is going to work best? The second one, I'd want you to know her and you would know what I know. You'd see for yourself and you'd experience what I have experienced. It's the same with a beautiful place. Have you ever done it? I've been sat on the beach. I've watched a beautiful sunset where the sea meets the sky in reds and purples and blues. And it's just a magical moment. And I get out my really average smartphone and take a really grainy average photo. And then I share it to someone else. And I want them to see it and have the same experience that I had to to feel like they were there, but they weren't, and they won't. Because sometimes you just got to see it for yourself. And you know what? I think it's the same with Jesus' resurrection. When we discover that Jesus is alive, as Hannah talked about earlier, we've got to tell people, which is what Sam was talking about. And then we need to encourage them to run and see for themselves. Sometimes you've got to see for yourself. This morning, if you would not yet call yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus, I think that you've got to see for yourself. Because I reckon that, given enough time, I could present to you a pretty persuasive argument to move you closer towards God and believing in his existence. But that would not be enough. How would I do it? Well, I could tell you about the complexity and perfection of our planet and the way that it points towards a designer or a creator who made the universe. I could tell you that the earth would not sustain life if it was any closer to the sun or if it was any further away, or that the moon is just the right size, that it pushes and pulls water so it doesn't go stagnant, but it doesn't flood over entire continents. I could 
unpack H2O, water, and the fact that it's got this perfect molecular makeup. We could talk about the brain or the eye, but I won't. I could tell you that God's glory is revealed in creation, that nature is beautiful and colourful, not just functional. That every sunrise, every sunset, every vista, every special place you've ever been to reveals God's creativity. I could talk to you about the fact that the universe has a start and we could argue about what caused it. We could unpack the laws of nature. I could talk about DNA and the fact that we have three billion pieces of unique coding in every cell of our bodies. But I won't. And I, I, I could. I could ask you haunting questions. I could ask you, why is it that you still feel like there's something missing from your life? I could ask you, what would be the worst thing that happened if you did choose to follow Jesus and it turned out not to be true? I could tell you about my life. I could tell you about my experiences. The fact that I can testify that God's put together a chain of circumstances which have brought me to the place where I am now. And we could talk extensively about Jesus. I'm passionate about him. I could tell you about the promises that went before him. I could tell you about the way he lived on earth. I could tell you about his horrendous death and his death-defying resurrection. But why would I argue with you when I know God is real and you can know God is real for yourself too? I don't, I don't want to argue anyone towards God. I want to invite people to see for themselves. Psalm 34 verse 8 in the message says, Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see that God is good. Blessed are you who run to him. This morning, if you're not a Jesus follower, I want to invite you to taste and see. I want to invite you to run to him. And just as the psalmist there encourages us to run to him, so Peter ran to the tomb. Because if Jesus is alive, it changes everything. It will completely transform your life. And when you're on the edge, on the precipice of discovering something totally transformative, you don't walk or stroll or dawdle or meander. You run. You want to find out soon. You want to know quickly. You want to not let another day go past without knowing for yourself whether Jesus is alive or not. And, and maybe you're worried that you don't understand everything, and that's fair enough. Maybe there's things that Christians say and do and practice that don't make sense to you. But some uncertainty or doubt is not a good enough reason to not run and taste and see and believe. In this passage, Peter went away wondering to himself what had happened. He didn't understand everything and he'd spent three years with Jesus in person. So if I'm speaking to you this morning, here is the invite. Invite Jesus to show you that he is alive. Start praying to him every night before you go to bed. Start off for a month, I reckon. And see what happens. You will have experiences, emotions, moments, miracles, where you know for yourself that Jesus is alive. And you still might walk away sometimes wondering what had happened. That's okay. This morning, if you don't know Jesus is alive, here is the invite. Run in disbelief and discover for yourself that Jesus is alive. Don't take my word for it. Don't just accept my persuasive arguments. Taste and see for yourself. You've just got to see for yourself. And this morning, I want to say, church, in your work life, in your home life, in your social life, we need to stop arguing and we need to start persuading, start inviting 
Because we so often get this wrong. We're never going to convince or persuade or coerce or argue anyone to enter into a right relationship with God. Our job is to point people to him. It's our job to say to our nearest and dearest, Jesus is alive, go and see for yourself. Imagine if Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the several other women who told the apostles what had happened, stopped Peter from running to see for himself and tried to just persuade him instead. Peter, just trust me, he's not there. Peter, just, just trust me, Jesus is alive. It wouldn't have been enough for Peter, would it? And it's not enough for people today who are searching to know if Jesus is alive. And for me, it was an invite that changed everything. I was a born and bred Christian. I knew all the stories and I knew the right answers. But it was when I realised that I was invited to see for myself that what I suddenly discovered was much more amazing than I could have ever imagined. And church, here's the challenge for those of you who already know Jesus and are already telling others about him. Because there's a problem. When people hear about Jesus now, they can't run to the tomb and see for themselves. We don't know which tomb near Jerusalem exactly it is that Jesus was buried in. The linen cloths are definitely not there now. So where do people run to see if Jesus is alive? What if they run to me? What if they run to you to see that Jesus is alive? What if people look at us and the way we live, the way we act, the things we say, the things we do, when they do, will they find evidence that Jesus is alive? As it says in Romans 8:11, will they find that the Spirit of God, which raised Jesus from the dead, lives in us? And if they run to this church community, will they find that Jesus is alive? Will they find an unearthly acceptance, a heavenly grace, a heartfelt welcome? an invite, a love, a harmony, a peace here in this church, which is evidence that Jesus is alive. I hope they will. I think they will, but it doesn't happen by accident. So here we go. You need to discover that Jesus is alive. We've got to tell others about him. Good news travels fast. And we've got to encourage and expect them to run and see for themselves. And church, let's stop arguing and let's start inviting. And let's make sure that if people run to us and look at our lives, that they find evidence that Jesus is alive. Amen. Lord, we thank you for that truth that today we remember you are alive. Lord, may you live in us and through us, we pray. May we be a good reflection of the story of Easter to those around us, we pray. As we're reminded of the empty cross and the empty grave, may our hearts be full to overflowing today, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have you got plans for the rest of the day? For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.